everybody, and welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 185. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside... I used Magnificent last week, didn't I? So I'm just going to call you Mike. Okay. Not so Magnificent this week. Is it, <laughs> you need balance in all things, right? I need to keep a checklist. Yeah. Like all there's the gotta, words I use. and There's got to be like a... Ra- I'm sure if you Google it, there's a random adjective generator... Oh, we're doing this Online right now. Or something. On air, everybody. We're doing uh, it. If you, and, and with that, we will confirm we don't have an interview this week. Um, we just had such a great interview last week that we had to you know, recover and, and just sit here with our thoughts. And uh, hopefully something next week. But I'm, I'm just curious to see what pops up. And I hope, so okay. when you type in random... Yeah. And then A, the first thing that pops up is Adjective Generator. So uh, I'm not the first one to want this. Well, or Big Brother's listening. So It happens to me all the time. I'll like say something, they see an Instagram ad for it, I'm like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah, they're, they're watching us. So but here you we go. Should, okay. Here, uh, Start. Hit me, hit me with oh, it. Oh, it wants all this bullshit. Nope. Oh, you got to sign up. Uh, All right, text fixer. Let's see. Random. Uh huh. Generate random adjective. Press button. Alongside my co-host, the female Mike. It's an adjective, I guess. I don't know. I, it, I we'll go with it. I mean, the labored Mike. We're doing the labored. labored. You're the labored Mike today. Labored. Oh shit! That hits. Hits like a truck. <laughs> oh god. Wow. It, they're like, wait, we had a 50-50 shot. Either female or this guy's run down pretty hard. <laughs> All right. I mean, or, you know, both. Or you know. both. <laughs> I mean, geez. Anyways, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, I'll try to be as up upbeat as I can for a, a labored individual. Um, you know... With all the stuff that you know, to watch right now between like movies and Halloween movies and shows and um, decided to just sit back and watch the last couple episodes of Mandalorian uh, first season because, you okay. know, ne- next week we are being blessed uh, by the Disney gods themselves for season two, episode one. Um, and I like there's the part where they're having the big battle scene. I mean, there's a lot of big battle scenes, but it's the part where they're, like, pinned down and, you know, the whole sequence with the stormtroopers bullshitting and then IG-88 comes in and just, like, bashes their heads in, comes in on the speeder bike, starts shooting up the place. Um, Gustavo Fran is just chilling there. It was like, I was like, this is such good television. <laughs> like, to get, and I don't rewatch shows. Like, yeah, Breaking Bad was amazing. Um, Lost, I thought was really good, but I would never like go back and watch something. But like that, it, it's just so good. They did like, and it's like written by John Favreau, and I'm like, yeah, it was, you know, like, yeah, oh, that guy, man. And I started watching that Chef show, like you you told me, and I will say this: um, three episodes in, he was eating some duck that looked like amazing. It. And so, like, the next time I got takeout or ordered dinner, I had to get duck because I was just so starving for what they had. Like, I I don't know how you don't do that every episode. You just order whatever. Like, try, I just become so hungry. It looks it's, amazing. It's a problem, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, I think like you, I'm like, oh, man, duck would be good right now. Yeah. Except that I'm the only person in my house that eat it. Uh, but I also, you know don't have a lot of money and don't have a, uh, a, I don't live in a city like you. I live out in kind of the country a bit. So there's no one that delivers to me. So at that point, it's just like, well, we got (laughs) Cheez-Its. I guess that'll do. (laughs) Cheez-Its it is. (laughs) You gotta like, you gotta queue up chef with your box of Cheez-Its. But just going back to John Favreau, man, like this guy, you know, he cooks, well, he mostly eats on that show. He cooks a little bit. Um, and then he goes on to just, you know, I did Iron Man one, started all, he started the Marvel Cinematic Universe pretty much, right? Um, and then this guy just comes in and does Mandalorian, and it's like the best piece of television I've watched in a long time, and it's just so good. 
just to rewatch it, you're like, it, it couldn't be long enough. Like, even rewatching it, I was like, damn, I wish this episode was longer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. That never happens with a TV show. <sighs> it's, yeah. It's so, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Uh, for multiple reasons. I love the show, but it was also like the only show that the whole family could sit down and watch. Right. And it's like, that I, we all yeah, enjoy. Same. Right. And it's like, there's something for everyone. And most of it's Baby Yoda, you know? Yeah. Like, the kids I, just get excited about Baby Yoda. Yeah. But, me and the, the missus, you know, we're Star Wars fans, so we're enjoying everything. But it's right. like one of the few hours out of the week where it's like everybody sits down and everybody's attention is on the Mandalorian. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. what's going to stick with me with that show forever is that oh, for we got sure. that out of it. The magic of Disney. Um, with that, uh, Disney has announced the launch of Mando Mondays. Um, it's going to include games and interviews of the cast and crew of the Star Wars Mandalorian YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you like the characters, that'll probably be pretty cool. I'm sure they'll be talking a lot of good content, behind-the-scenes stuff. Did I'm you, guessing what? Oh, did you watch the last season? They did a documentary on Disney Plus with all no, the Mandalorian. No, I didn't. I saw it was on there. I did not watch that. So... I really like that. That's mm-hmm. it was much more uh, produced than this will probably be. But I really like that. So if it's anything like near what that is, I'm so down for this because I, I love listening to the like my favorite episodes. The writers talking and just mm-hmm. talking Star Wars, right? And uh, I just hope that they do more of that with this and kind of just dive into people's nerdiness on all this yeah because that's i mean that's all john favreau is just a big nerd about things but he knows how to he knows how to funnel what everybody wants through this medium which is disney plus now television and just make it golden yeah i just think he's a master storyteller where he can take everybody's like ideas and how things need to fit together and just make something great out of it yep And, and that's definitely what we did with the show yeah he's such a such a cool guy um on the other side of that, HBO Max. What's coming with HBO Max? Rumors are swirling around HBO Max. Now, I am like I'm I'm on the you know, I'm on the side of ordering HBO Max when the Snyder Cut comes out. Like they didn't have to announce anything else. I was gonna at least maybe go in for a year, maybe six months. Um but there's been talks that Ben Affleck could get a mini series starring as Batman, with the possibility of Jared Leto coming back as Joker. Interesting. Um, because like, I feel like Ben Affleck almost never wanted to go back to the character until I'm sure they were like, well, how about for this much money? And he was like, well, <laughs> I, yeah, and it's important to note that these are our rumors and they're right. I still haven't seen the major websites push these yet. So I'm still kind of, I'm not getting excited about them yet. Yeah. Um, but that said, I would love to see Bat or Ben come back, play Batman and his Batman. And uh, as much as I didn't like Jared Leto as Joker, I'm fine at this, at this point. Like, if it right. gets us Affleck in his solo Batman story, I'm Affleck. fine with it. Affleck. Batfleck is back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I like 50% of that. I, you know, like I said, yeah, the Joker kind of sucked. But also, I don't think... we. I mean, we didn't see the Joker that much. I mean, we saw him in Suicide Squad, right? But, like, a Batman Joker miniseries would probably be pretty cool. If they just get rid of all the tattoos. More importantly, though, Chris, they finally been reading your letters. Um, Michael Keaton is rumored to be talking with HBO Max to start a Batman Beyond series for the streaming service. Yes. Yeah. Just take a let, moment. Let to it wash that. over you, everybody. Yes. Yep. Wow. I, this was the first one that popped up where I really dove deep into the HBO Max rumors. And yep. I was like, because I wanted it to be real. I mm-hmm. did more digging on this story than I have in any story in a long time. You're like, hold on, let me get my spelunking gear on. I'm it's got to be real, guys. <laughs> um, I, I I feel like they got to be at least attempting or talking to him about something, Batman Beyond, because, yeah. yeah, you bring him back for Flash and it's cool as a moment, but it's also like he's at that perfect age and he was Batman, so it works. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a world where we can actually do something like that. So, right. please. I mean, I don't care if it's as long as it's live action with Keaton as Batman. I don't care if it's a series, a movie, whatever. Just make it happen. Him, him with a cane, just walking around being grumpy. Like, as long as they acknowledge that he's Bruce Wayne. 
Like and just and just getting Terry and Sue and oh, be, who would I'm who would so you want for Terry McGinnis? I don't. I would want a relatively unknown. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think I have a, a name that I would pull out. I but Terry's got to be like a teenager, so you'd want someone honestly, like. Uh, like you remember when um, Tom Holland was first cast, and we're like, "Who's yeah. Tom Holland?" Right, right. I want that moment. Yep, Th- that'd be my perfect. I would say uh, there's a couple good young actors on um, uh, Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. the uh, Karate Kid show, and I think maybe one of them um, could be good, or just I think someone around that age, you know. Yeah. And it, but I, I, I would, be, yeah, like you said, no name would be fine. Um, and we already know it's going to be like, if it's like cyberpunk style and it's not, you know, too dramatic or cheesy, like CW, I'm just like, yeah, just give me the, give me the live action Batman Beyond suit. And, you know, we could just say we, we could just retire the podcast at that point, I think. Well, it, listen, like once again, not a big fan of Jared Leto's Joker, but you do, you let's say both of these are real. We get Batfleck yeah. and we get that series and then you do the Michael Keaton and they say, Hey, we're going to bring it back for one more. And you end it with return of the Joker with Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Right. I like, I don't care if it's Jared Leto. I'm just so happy that you did return of the Joker in live action. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, I, I right. want these to be real. They could do a lot of things here. And I think also, I mean, obviously DC and HBO and Warner Brothers see a demand or a want, like the fans want this, you know, yeah. they're probably, they're sitting with Michael Keane in the meetings. Like these are all the old Batman stories we could do. Uh, which ones do you guys want? They're like, well, Batman Beyond already has a script. So and it's just so perfect. Like, you know, Keaton was Batman right before animated series hit. So, right. you know, our age group knows Keaton is Batman from when we were little. And now we're old enough and we grew up now in an animated series and all these other ones, but then Batman Beyond. And now we're old enough where we make purchasing decisions. (laughs) So it's like, of course, we who grew up on this and then you have the you have the guy who played Batman when we were younger. Right. It's it's so perfect to do right now. It's it's printing money, in my opinion. Like, it would just be so great. Right. I am my own personal financial stakeholder so <laughs> i invested myself but i will invest in that that's for sure yeah 100 yeah I, I want it so bad take the money um and also so as far as movie news goes it looks like we're getting more returning characters for uh zach snyder's justice league um both jared leto and joe manganiello are said to return for the reshoots as part of the series I mean, yeah, it makes sense if they if there's rumors about Jared Leto coming back. Okay, yeah, they would shoot some stuff for. Um, but Joe Manganiello, we know, played Deathstroke, and we only ever got to see him in one shot. And we saw some test footage Ben Affleck had posted back in the day on his Instagram. Remember when they were filming the movie? I mean, he yeah. looked great, and we know Joe Manganiello is a great actor. He is like Deathstroke. He's a super nerd. He loves comics. He's you know he does that um, death death wish or death roll. Uh, he has that whole D and D company that he does. Death oh, saves. Yeah. Death saves. Yeah, it's like yeah. a metal slash D and D company he started. He's just a cool guy, and uh, I was so happy to like have him in a Deathstroke movie, maybe as like a villain, anti-villain kind of thing. I thought that would have been so cool. So, I, yeah, there was so much that I thought they could have done with him. Like if they yeah. ever did Suicide Squad two, he could jump right. in. Yep. And yeah, just doing because. We've talked about it a bunch of times, but when you do Batman, it's always like, okay, so we hit, we usually hit Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done Riddler a few times. They always do Penguin. Yeah. So if you're going to do a Ben Affleck Batman movie, and this is obviously prior to everything that's happened recently, but why not Deathstroke? Like, right. Batman and Deathstroke issues are awesome, mm-hmm. and we all love them. So why yep. not do that? That would be so much better. I mean, yeah, Deathstroke's just a better version of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it seems like. The talk is that this is going to be way more than just a Justice League director's cut. That this is yeah. really Snyder bringing everything together on what he was going to do in the DC universe mm-hmm. uh, in this one thing. And, you know, fingers crossed, maybe we get more out of it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be awesome. A man can dream. Yep, for sure. And I think, I don't know how the return of investment works for, like, streaming services versus big 
you know, movies, but with all the, you know, with all the um, unknowns about the cinema and stuff like that, maybe this is just like they're preparing for, hey, people are going to watch a streaming service, they're going to watch content, and this is how we can really deliver it to them in a, you know, quick turnaround. Well, and it's like I said, you know, we had this talk with Disney Plus when they were doing mm-hmm. the Mulan thing. It's like, I would pay extra if you brought something that that huge to a streaming service. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pay $30, though. <laughs> yeah, like, I would pay $30 it, on top of the streaming service. Yeah, like, you know, a ticket at my local theater is like under $10. So right. $10 and it's there for me forever, or even yeah. 15 like, I, I would do it. I definitely would. So well, they, I mean, look at Bill and Ted Three. It, they're saying like they're actually making money off it. It was like, well, yeah, because they had marketed it like streaming. There was already a huge following for it because I think it got like crowdfunded initially. Like people that, like wanted that movie, and and it wasn't bad. It was a great movie. I thought a third as a third installment. So like it it can be done, you know. Unless you're Christopher Nolan, then you're like, yeah, my movie needs to be in the cinema. Anyway. <laughs> well, and that's that, that was my next question because. Yeah. One of the problems with Tenet was it cost like half a billion dollars to <laughs> yeah, make. Right. Uh, and we're seeing it, these like Avengers cost like almost a billion to make both those movies. Right. And all this stuff. So, right. it, it, yeah, if we do get it, will it be to the quality that we want it to be? Because they're going to spend that much to do it. And is you know, it would be an interesting... For us on the sidelines, it would be an interesting experiment because it's not my hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, right. I'm sure someone at Warner has a different thought on that yeah, because they yeah. could possibly lose their career on that right. idea. But and stakeholders and all that shareholders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it'd be interesting nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roll the dice, billionaires. <laughs> Why not? What do you yeah. have to lose? We'll sit here and uh, and watch it all unfold. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like I said, we. I don't. I don't know how much more they can give us. I've already said I'm going to sign up for HBO Max, and clearly my phone is listening to me when I talk about other things that I want to purchase because I see the ads all the time, right? So, just this and and you know, it's come on. Let's well, get it's it funny up. because you know, Verizon did that year of Disney Plus a mm-hmm. while back, and now yep. I'm watching the commercials, and I think it's AT and T. Doing it is doing uh, free HBO Max if you have an uh, AT and T phone. Oh really? It's like yeah, that's funny. Like I guess oh. whatever. <laughs> You're like okay, DC versus Marvel. All right. <laughs> Speaking of movies that are streaming, Mike. Oh yeah. I watched Borat two the other night. Oh, I did. I watched it. Yes. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did watch it. Oh. I actually thought it was kind of funny. I thought I and I um. I've got agreement about this. It's better than the first one, I think, just in the fact that it is political satire. Right, it, it is. is so. Yeah, I'll throw it out there right out of the way. This is not a political statement. I'm just saying, if you are a Republican or right leaning, and you don't have a sense of humor, don't watch this movie, because they do. They really pick on Republicans in this. Oh yeah. That being said, it's hilarious. I don't care. Well, the it's more specific. I mean. There's a chunk type of Republican, yes. There's a, there's a chunk of Republicans that's doing a Nazi salute, and that's really the ones yeah. they're picking on. But my, like, dude, my favorite scenes, it gets so dark because, like, literally, when he's like, we're going to go CPAC, how do we blend in? And he gets in the right. KKK outfit. I was like, well, that's it, hilarious. The, he gets in his KKK outfit, and nobody stops it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm like, did he just, like, it, was, it wasn't even the fact that he was going to the, you know, the, um, the convention, but like, even just walking into the hotel slash conference, like yeah. nobody batted an eye. <laughs> well, so I I, I watched it because I was stunned when he did it, right? And I rewound it, and like people in the background are just sitting there, like, "What the fuck is going on?" But they're like frozen. See, but I could see in the in their eyes, just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> for, for me, it would have been my one and only chance, probably, to deck a KKK member in the face in public, like on public property. Oh. I would have just went full yeah. on like the edge WWE speared him into the <laughs> into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like it would have been Suplex City for me. Yeah. Like I just would have gone nuts on it. I would have pictured it like one of those Captain America covers, like punching a Nazi or something. And then it would it wouldn't be that cool. Like I would hit him and like, I'd probably like break my hand and then like they'd probably arrest me for <laughs> harassment and he would be fine. But and then it would be Borat under there and I'd be like, well now nah, I really fucked up. <laughs> 
<laughs> this day can't get any worse. My second favorite scene is when he wants to commit suicide. Uh, and he's like, I don't have a gun, so I can't just kill myself. Yeah. So he dresses up like, this is not me talking, everybody. This is right. the movie. Yep. He dresses up like the typical Jew. Yep. And I think they it, it's basically what it was in Borat 1, like very yeah, he, similar. Yeah. He goes to the synagogue. Yeah, and he wait and he goes to a synagogue to wait for the next mass shooting. And I literally was in yeah. the back of my seat, just like they did not just do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like this movie. This movie knows no bounds in the fact of like yeah, like that. And um, and then I like in in the moment of watching it, I'm like Amazon Prime like just put this out there, like didn't give a shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're probably gonna lose quite a few subscribers, but. Holy shit. It was I mean it was political satire like that that's it like if I think the genius of it being on Amazon Prime is that they won't lose subscribers because I think right. a lot of I don't think you can meet the person who has Amazon Prime mm-hmm. for the streaming. Mm. Like yeah. as much as we like the right. shows they have like the boys. That's true. Right, right. Like you would have Amazon like I had I had Amazon Prime for the shipping. For right. years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I didn't think about it that way. You're right. So, yeah. I mean, everybody has for the shipping. This is just like the added shit we get on top I of I think it. they win on this because yeah. they get more people going like, oh, I'm looking at their movies. Right. And, and it's then, not like, yeah. Yeah, and then the ending. Like, I won't give it away, but like what the movie's all about. Like, I I almost fell over laughing when yeah. they explained like why Bora had to go back to America. The real oh, reason I had to go yeah, back to America. Yeah, they because there's like this one is more because when Borat gets to America, everybody recognizes him. So if you're expecting like the first Borat, this one is more a movie as opposed to like we're placing Borat in public and watching how people react to him. Like there is a lot more staged and stuff like that. But he, yeah, there's some staged like there's a lot more staged moments. But like yeah. even those staged moments are usually. I'd be interested to see how it was filmed because there, well, like the baby sequence. Yeah. When she eats the cupcake yeah. and uh, she it's swallows like a little plastic baby, right? She's and then they go, yeah, they talk to a doctor, but it's like a Christian, like a Christian right. health facility, right? And like, so that was a stage moment, but it led up to this, where like the guys like super pro life and trying right. to. It's yeah, I I really do recommend it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, like they the guy probably knew he was gonna be in that situation, but then his responses seem so absurd that you're like, oh god, this is like. You know, and then the Rudy Giuliani thing. Holy shit! Just what a bad decision. What a what a oh man! And he's like, I, I guess he's out on the news somewhere trying to like say that he was set up and it was staged and it was like, dude, you. I mean, nobody told you to go in the hotel room with her. Like, like it. It does everything Rudy said. Like he was tucking his shirt in, and I was taking my mic off and all that. I was like. Okay, I, I buy that. Like, it looks like that's what happened. But at the end of the day, dude, you walked into a bedroom with this girl. Like, right. Yeah. So even if that, even if in that moment, I can buy that's what you're doing. Right. We still all know your intentions. Oh, and the creepy, like <laughs> the creepy, like hand pat on her on her hip and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like a goon. He reminds me like Rudy Giuliani is just a goon from Batman the Animated Series, like in real life. He's just like a a cartoon depiction of like Gotham city goon to me. <laughs> like I think I have in the back of my head, like, you, okay. You, I'm going to compare this to football. You remember when Antonio Brown got hit by the Bengals player and got knocked out for the season like yeah. two years ago. Yep. And then afterwards he became insane. Oh yeah. So I want to know like who gave Rudy Giuliani the concussion when, <laughs> Because we all remember a point where Rudy was like, he was America's mayor, and he did all right. these great things for New York City. Right, right. And he was celebrated after 9-11, and all this great stuff he did. Like, yeah, yeah. I will not take any of that away from him. But at some point, someone knocked him out, and he woke <laughs> up, and he's like, I'm fucking nuts now. <laughs> I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. That's not to say he didn't have his problems while he was mayor. I understand right, he had his right. problems while he was mayor. But still, like... <laughs> He wasn't this crazy. Yeah. But anyways, that movie. But the movie's good, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, with that, I guess we'll get into the comic book news. Uh, 
Marvel has announced a major change to the Marvel Unlimited program. In the past, all the new comics had entered the service six months after the release date. Now that window closes to three months. That's pretty huge. Yeah, I was going to say that's huge. Like, For someone like me who like likes to read trades, you know, like I'm, I was usually three months behind to begin with. Like this is pretty big. Well, I, I was, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, people like you who are like passive Marvel fans, right? This is a, a slam dunk, ten bucks a month right. for that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I was thinking too, like if I wasn't doing this show, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of some books like Captain America, I'd have to keep buying, but. I would probably do this, right? And not oh, buy yeah. physical anymore. Like, yeah, ten bucks such... for like all your books, even if so. Like, you subscribe to one series a month, right? Th- three months of books, you get to read them. That's ten bucks right there. That's twelve dollars, right? Like, yeah, like the okay. The average comic now is like, th- well, yeah, three ninety nine. We'll say three ninety nine. Yeah, and even if you go to two ninety nine, that's four books, right? Yeah, I get easily, more than like, that a week. <laughs> right, I know. You have like a pile like this. Like, yeah. Right, exactly. So I think that's a great... I mean, I'm going to look into it again. Um, I used to have Comixology Unlimited. Now I just buy what I want on Comixology. Um, I might just do this. Yeah, and not only that, but they still do the deal where if you buy a year, you get like the special gift package with all this like cool Marvel swag <laughs> on top of the fact that it's cheaper to do it that way. So, like, yeah, Marvel Unlimited looks... I think it's a step towards day and date. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that they're a couple of years old. Like, I don't know, two to five years away from trying day and date and saying F you to the comic shops. Even if they did $20 a month for day and date, I think. If it became day and date and it was under... Yeah, and, and if it was 20 bucks, I'd, Even yeah, if, it was, if it was under 30 bucks a month, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, because that's a book. It's a book a week, right? So, I, or I mean, well, you're assuming you're going to have at least like one book a week, and like two books a week, right there. It's like, bam, your money's back. What do you think? So, physically, I would only want to get. There's only like really two characters who I want like runs of, right? And that's Cap and Miles. Yep. And everything else, for the most part, with few exceptions, like when they occasionally do a Modoc series, I have to have the book. Right. I would be fine doing this and just get my books that way. And, you know, and like, especially like events. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Especially, in, oh, especially oh, yeah. the way Marvel does events. Yeah, right. Like DC's getting a little taste of it right now, but that's yeah. still not as bad as some Marvel events can get. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see where that goes, though. Um, Marvel has announced that Iron Fist is getting a new limited series from writer Larry, Larry Hama with the art by David Watcher. Uh, the series is called Iron Fist Heart of the Dragon, and it's set to come out in January. So, um, yeah, I might, might check that out. So you're an know. Iron Fist guy. I'm not oh, really yeah. an Iron Fist guy. I'm a Kung Fu guy, you know, and yeah. I don't really get that over at DC, um, which is pretty cool because now we're in January. Shang-Chi is getting a second title, a one-shot called The Legend of Shang-Chi by Alyssa Wong and artist Andy Tong. So we know we're getting a Shang-Chi movie. Um, they're, just trying to, they're just trying to get this character out there and get people to know who he is. Um, yeah. And the, on the opposite side of uh, um, Iron Fist, it's a kung fu character that's actually Asian. <laughs> you know, so like... There you go. <laughs> That's why I have a little more interest in Shang Chi. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this guy grew up over there. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah. I like that first issue. I'm going to keep up with it. So, yeah, and it's you know it's synergy. You need yeah. you need to have the books out there when you know the the movie's made, and they haven't really done much with Shang Chi in a long time. Right. Yep. So it's it's good to see the people that like him, like yourself. Yep. Get those books out there. So. And it's not necessarily something that you really need to know what the hell is going on in the Marvel Universe, you know? No, it's not like Shang-Chi is going to, like, you know, team up with Hulk and they'll be like, hey, we got to fight this guy, Hulk. Like, <laughs> yeah. Shang-Chi kind of can live in his own little bubble. Right. Yeah, the, the, the multiverse is crumbling. We need you, yeah. Shang-Chi. It's like, no, you know. And then when King of yeah. Black happens, he can show up and, like, you know, karate chop somebody and then run away. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. That's it's how fine. you keep him in the universe. Right. It's you're fine. like, oh, there he is. Yep, he was there. Okay. 
Hey, he's uh, the one that poked <laughs> Null in the eyes. It's cool. Yeah, save the day. <laughs> uh, Maestro will continue after the current series ends with a new series called Maestro Warren Packs by Peter David with art by Javier Pena. Uh, are you reading that? No, but I, what's interesting here is they did this with uh, Thanos for a while. Mm. So Peter David created Maestro for Future Imperfect mm-hmm. and just like uh, Jim Starlin created Thanos way back in the day. And they gave Jim like they did. You get a mini series. You get a graphic novel. You get a mini series, and like it went on like that for a while, where he got to keep telling Thanos stories. Yep. In kind of his own corner, mm-hmm. and it seems like that's what we're doing with Peter David. It's like, hey, people are interested in this maestro guy. Like, do you want to tell more stories? And apparently, he has more. So good for him. Yeah. yeah. And I know there's a lot of maestro fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, former DC exclusive artist. Brett Booth, great artist, is returning to Marvel this January to join Jonathan Hickman's X-Men series. Uh, currently don't know if he's just going to be a one-off or he's going to be a new series artist. Um, but that's pretty cool. I mean, he's a great artist. I'm zoning on the current artist's name, but he's leaving the book. So oh, that's okay. part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be so down for Brett Booth doing X-Men. I figured you would. <laughs> I'd be down for prep doing almost anything. Like, yeah, I loved right. him on Flash too when yep. I was reading. Yeah, Flash. oh, he is such a great artist on Flash. Yeah, yeah. So I'm down for this. Like, get a great, get a great artist for like what's becoming a flagship series for Marvel. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, DC has announced that. This, so now this is if you're uh, planning to go to your local comic shop to get books. This is kind of shaking things up about the distribution and stuff that we had touched on, like the beginning of all this, maybe back in April, March. Yeah, so it's basically shaping up DC's own distribution company now. Yeah, DC has announced they're going to end their partnership with um, UCS, uh, Midtown Comics, for their distribution, which they just started, like, was it a month ago, two months ago? Well, it was what a month or two after the pandemic started yeah it's time Remember, we went we went a little while without comics that's true and those were the dark ages yeah and then dc said we started this new thing we're gonna break from diamond and we got these two companies that are gonna handle it and then penguin house is gonna handle the graphic novels yeah and these this is one of them so this has gotta be so that was what march april yeah so like june or july so yeah you had Sorry, we're in the year the time stood still, so it yeah, wasn't exactly. that long ago. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so they're they're cutting their ties with Midtown Comics. Starting with January's titles, you can only get DC Comics through Lunar Distribution for the U.S., Diamond UK for European uh, fans, listeners, and Collected Editions graphic novels through Penguin Random House for distribution. Which so. Random. Yeah, it is. Especially random in the name. Um, it's just weird stuff going on here, I guess. It's, you're still yes. like you're still using Diamond for European distribution. You know what I mean? It's like just weird. It's yeah, it's strange, but this isn't going to affect the customer all that much. Right. I wouldn't be shocked that that first month has some issues because there is talks that Lunar has distrib- or as a. Shipping deals with uh, FedEx as opposed to UPS, which the other ones use. Mm-hmm. So who knows how that changes things? Um, but I don't see this really affecting the customer that much. This is more of a retailer problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, come on, like <laughs> comics industry's gone through enough, you know. Like, can you just make it easy for people? Well, yeah, and it's. We don't really know if it's DC or Midtown because right. I read a thing that it could be that Midtown was overwhelmed with all this. Oh yeah, and couldn't handle what they want to do, so they had to drop out. And Lunar is much more uh, capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then it's a whole different story. It's not really DC's fault, but yep. whatever's happening, I hope that this sticks for a little while, and we don't see another shakeup like this anytime soon because. Mm-hmm. This last thing retailers need is another shakeup. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and a part of this too, um, they're going to start uh, implementing uh, minimum orders. Oh boy! So you have to buy, I think it's five hundred dollars worth of product a week. <laughs> oh my god! Which I did the math, and if you did, so if you're just getting single issues at three ninety nine. 
a book. It was like 125 books or something like that. Mm-hmm. So single issues. And this could right. be, so those, that 500 can be spread across anything. Yeah. And you can still get graphic novels and everything through Lunar. The Penguin House one is more for uh, bookstores. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's a minimum, but like, show me the store out there. It's not doing $500 worth in DC stuff. Right. Yeah. You got to just to make money. I would think, yeah, I think it'd be hard not to. Right. Actually, I'm sorry. I did the math wrong. Because they pay half, so it'll be one. Yeah, they pay half. Book. So that's even. It's a thousand bucks. So it'll be two hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, 250 bucks. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. So yeah, if it's. Okay, so if they pay fifty percent. So it's five hundred, and if you're paying fifty percent, let's say all books are one ninety nine for the retailer. Yep. That's two hundred fifty one bucks and a quarter. Yeah, so that's even easier then. Okay. But still, like that's not that much. Yep. Yeah, it really so. isn't. With that, let's talk about the comics we read this week. Yay. Um, Batman 101. This is uh, the aftermath of the whole Joker uh, war. Um, Batman goes and talks with Lucius. Or, um, uh, not Lucius. Uh yeah, Lucius or Lucas, Lucius Fox, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Um, I spelled it wrong here. He has all the money now. Uh, the the money has been left to Lucius. Um, and Batman's pretty much. He's, they have this conversation like, "You need to operate without the money." He's going to live in an apartment in Gotham. Like he's not going to be able to re- like repair his vehicles when they're broken down. Like he's got to do everything on his own. So kind of a lot like you saw in the Batman trailer um, is like where we're going with this comic book Batman. Um, so we're getting like minimum wage Batman. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Batman, on, Batman on food stamps or something. <laughs> um, but and he has a conversation about with Catwoman, like we should run away together, and they're like, let's let's retalk in like a year or so. Um, and they talk like they talk about moving away, but he's so currently he's going to move into the city. Um, and Batman, as he's leaving, he finds he like mentions. Because uh, Lucius has hired uh, Grifter as a bodyguard, but he tells him, he, I know about Halo. So um, Lucius is definitely up to something. He doesn't know what. Uh, we got to find out what Halo is. But um, I'm just curious to see this new villain. I want to see this new villain show up. DC Hope at World's End 12. Uh, this is like the big fight where Black Adam shows up, and a lot of the younger heroes um, are trying to like get the civilians out of the city. Uh, most of the civilians make it out safely, and in the whole battle of everything, Martian Manhunter and Stephanie Brown die. Um, but at, at the end, like you know, Damien's acting all tough because he's Batman now. But like Talia says that um, they can revive Stephanie in a Lazarus pit, so um, they, I think that's what they're gonna do. Which usually ends really well when you you know take a dead body and bring it out to Lazarus pit. I'm sure it'll be fine. Every time. Yeah. Uh, Justice League 54, 55, because I did miss 54. Um, this is Josh Williamson. Uh, so, you know, the last issue was the Starro field. They get past the Starro field, but there's one giant Starro at the end. Of course there is. Um, Who says? Yeah, during the fight, they're like, where the hell's Detective Chimp? And he's still off daydreaming about, like, being at the bar with his buddy, which actually, it's funny at first, but it actually means way more depressing and sad. <laughs> than everybody yeah. else um, because he's like, you know, he lost all his friends and he's just really depressed about it. Um, Le- uh, Lex has a ship to get across this, this water area and uh, the bay, I forget what it's called, the bay of something, but uh, the ship is made out of the metal men. Like each parts of the ship are like mercury and, and bronze and, and uh, or gold and, and they're all parts of the ship. I was trying to piece that together and I didn't click. Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, he's pretty much like, yeah, I got something to activate and hold form to make this ship, which is pretty cool to see. The little things like that are really cool. Um, and this is a death metal tie, and sorry, I didn't, I didn't, you know, get into that. But, uh, yeah, Kendra, um, blinded by rage still, wants to go save Martian Manhunter, who's already been uh, fighting the Einhunter Batman. And as she goes to save him, 
It was a trick the whole time because the Omega Knight, this giant like Galactus-looking Batman thing, is waiting for them when they cross the mountain, and the Mindhunter Batman transforms from Martian Manhunter to the Mindhunter, and he's like, oh, well, you know, it was easy to locate you guys because you're so mad and you flew right towards me. Um, so, again, you know, Kendra just messing things up for everybody. Um, I want to see this battle happen. I want to see what the Omega Knight's going to do and how they take care of that. And, and Manhunter, or Mindhunter Batman's awesome, too. So, um, I think it's yeah. I think it'd be a cool issue. Really cool. Yeah. Really like this issue. Yep. Uh, Dune, House of Trades, number one. So, this is, um, this, this part of Dune takes place before the first book, Dune mm-hmm. 1 novel, um, just so everybody knows. So this is pre-Dune 1. Uh, we have a conversation between Duke Leto and Paul Atreides' son um, talking about Paul being sent off to learn about another planet, another species. Um, and then we have the current emperor who is not who is not Caldan, or uh, yeah, who is in the book, but it's his son is there, and that's you know he becomes the new emperor. So he's kind of plotting with his friend on how to kill this emperor because he's been there for like centuries so they talk about like poisoning him to where like every time he drinks his spice beer it'll poison him slowly um so you have the you have the relationship of you know the the duke and paul which is kind of like bittersweet because we don't have that anymore after the first novel spoilers um but that was pretty cool the art is great you can see all these you know you get to see arrakis and the worms and um all that cool stuff and then you get to see, like, okay, the Emperor is, is is kind of a piece of shit from the get-go. So I thought it was a great yeah. first issue. Yeah, I really liked it, too. Um, hardcore Doom fans are going to hate me. It's been decades since I read these books, the house yeah. books. So, But I think this is actually combining some elements of all three house books together. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but, I yeah, I really liked it. I like the art that's going with it. And I... Um, I didn't really realize that they were going to tie this so closely into the new movie mm-hmm. because a lot of the designs and the character models and everything look like the movie. Yeah. Which is fine. Well, but Except except for like uh, Thufir. Thufir is a, a woman in the movie, so they didn't like keep her character. Uh, oh, did, oh. yeah i think i think they've changed that character to a woman or instead of like a younger woman instead of like because he's in like an old man throughout the series too but every everybody like i mean you know duke leto has like the beard and stuff like you see in the trailer but yeah i think you're kind of right on, uh, on what you and said. the print version also had a uh thing in the back that was <laughs> a uh, like an exclusive first look mm-hmm. at the they're the same team here that did this book is uh, also doing a Dune graphic novel series. Okay, awesome. So they're taking that first book and doing mm-hmm. multiple graphic novels. Yeah. And uh, that looked really cool, too. That actually got more into some, like, you got much better looks at, like, the worms. Yeah. Because that opening sequence for the, the novels where they're out there and they're kind of explaining what everything is that you really yeah. get, like... A oh, good yeah. look at the a nice two-page spread right there. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I'm I'll really probably pick that up that too. Now. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through that for sure. Um, and I would actually I, I hope they do that with the rest of the books, just because you know I like comics more than novels. So, um, and then I had Batman White Knight Harleen Quinzel number one. Yes, I read a Harley Quinn book. Um, it was okay. <laughs> uh. I mean, it centers around Harley within the universe of the White Knight. If you haven't read the White Knight, go and read it because it's a great series. Um, it's kind of the aftermath. Harley has the two babies from the Joker um, and living with the two hyenas. It kind of looks like she's in and out of jobs, trying to like get normal jobs as clerical work, as you know, dentist office stuff, um, trying to be normal. Duke shows up at her door and says, hey, we got this serial killer going around, killing all these old school movie people and painting them black and white, which is kind of weird. Uh wants wants her help she goes sees bruce she has this relationship with bruce who's in prison bruce wayne's in prison um he kind of convinces her well maybe you should help um she decides to go help and then you know as she's at the crime scene she finds out oh it's a copycat she does some good like detective work on the crime scene but finding out it's the copycat and it's neo joker um she kind of takes it personal 
And by the end of the issue, she's back in her Harley Quinn outfit, like, walking the streets. So it's, this whole thing kind of backfired. This is what the cops didn't want when they asked her to help. So yeah. um, um, I thought it was a solid first issue. I'll say I, I think I felt stronger about it because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also they do some uh, prologue stories, too. Of, they change kind of how Harley and Joker met um, mm-hmm. in this world, at least. And I really like that. But yeah, all the stuff like Harley trying to be like and having those like real moments of like, I'm, you know, when she's sitting there talking with Bruce and she says like, you know, sometimes when we're just at the park and I'm just counting down the minutes till it's nap time because I want mm-hmm. peace and quiet. Like there's some real moments in there. And I believe uh, Sean Murphy's wife is the co-writer on this. So that makes sense that some of those uh, moments are in there. Okay. Uh, I yeah, I really really liked it, and I'll say anything White Knight so far has been gold for me because I've loved all those series. Yeah, I mean it's still solid, good White Knight stuff from the universe. But yeah, um, at the end of the day, I would just I would if I could pick a character, I wouldn't want it revolving around Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I, uh, I, I can yeah. agree there, but I, I still really like that book. Yeah, yeah, and that's all I had. Um. Okay, then uh, all I had other than that was Venom 29, mm-hmm. which was... So Eddie's wife from this parallel world tells the story of how her son Dylan became um, this big bad in the book. And then when that's all over, it, this kind of a funny moment where one of the symbiotes comes in and rolls Deadpool's head into the building and Deadpool is just like, listen, you gotta get the fuck out of here because they found us. <laughs> and uh, Scorpion, who was transformed in the last issue to have a, his own Venom symbiote, of course, jumps in and uh, they fight. So it was a solid issue. It was a lot of telling. Like we got the big reveal last issue, so of course this is the issue where you got to get the back uh, story to that. Right, right. So that was the majority of this, and then it ends in a way that's like, you know, now we got to take them down. Mm-hmm. So I. I Venom's still really good. I really like that series. Uh, cool. I recommend people buy it. Yep. And then uh, I'm shocked you didn't pick you didn't read this one, but Dark Knight's Death Metal Robin King. Oh, I did read it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I still have the notes for it. Yeah, you can talk about it though. I did. Yeah, I did read that. So I mean, long story short, it's the how this Robin King came to kind of more of his backstory after he killed his parents, mm-hmm. and then him. Like the moment with him and uh, Firestorm was really cool. Yeah, he created like a reverse black hole thing and threw it in yeah. his head, made him implode yeah. on himself. The uh, this the whole spread page with the the bat, the belt, and like the um, yeah the map legend of like what the what little things were, and you know he had like an imp trapped in a jar, and like yeah. and then he has a ring for each one of the uh, Trinity, and like. You know, the ring for Batman isn't anything special. It's just, uh, but the ring for uh, for Wonder Woman is like something made from uh, Hephaestus or however you pronounce his name, right? Forged in the pits of hell. And then he has a kryptonite ring. And I can't remember what the Batman one was made out of, but it was something like symbolic to just beat the shit out of Batman. <laughs> yeah, and awesome. that's important too. They, they kind of get into why he's Robin. Right. And why he's not Batman. Right. Uh-huh. And that was interesting too. I liked that. And I liked how they twisted it. Yep. To like fit uh, what this character is, mm-hmm. and then it's you know Batman who laughs comes, gets him, shows him everything, and says, "Now you're going to be one of my Robins." We get kind of a look into how these evil Robins are created. Yeah, which is, which kind is of really up. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then it kind of jumps back and forth between some of the, the stuff that happened in the past and just mm-hmm. this fight between the Robin King and the Trinity. Yep. So this is kind of a direct sequel to what happened last issue, which makes it kind of important. Mm-hmm. And we also get this underlying story where this Robin doesn't want to become Batman. He wants to inspire other people to be as evil as him. And at the end, the darkest night comes and grabs him before he basically kills the Trinity mm-hmm. and shows him all of the evil Robins and how he yeah. inspired all of them. Yeah. I crazy. I love this issue and I didn't even check to see ahead of time, but it's Peter Tomasi writing it. Oh, I haven't yeah. heard him in a long time. 
Yeah. So I was really excited that he wrote this and wrote a really good issue. It was uh, pretty cool to see the dynamic between uh, Robin King and the Batman Who Laughs and how they don't really get along. Yeah, and that was another interesting thing too. Like Robin, he didn't want to become one of these Robins. He was forced, but in typical Batman fashion, he has a little pill that can trap a part of him inside of his brain. So even right. if he turns, there's still a little part of him in there. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, there's just some great moments. Really love that issue. Mm-hmm. And then, real quick, because we talked about this so much in the past, but I read Volume 8 of Batman, uh-huh. Tom King. Yep. So this is half the trial of Victor Freeze, mm-hmm. which I loved. It was a really good part. Oh, yeah. A- great way to bring in freeze mm-hmm. and not just do another freeze story yep. and tie it into what happened in the the wedding yep so really love that one and then the kgb story which was it wasn't a bad story it just felt like a filler where like mm-hmm. kgb is in town yep. and batman's gotta rile him up <laughs> uh but not a bad uh story and a beautiful story because Tony Daniels is all the art for it. Oh yeah, the Tony Daniels art—you can't beat that. Yeah. So I, I thought it was another great volume, Batman. Getting closer to that awesome nightmare story that I keep hearing. Oh about. yeah, nightmare, nightmare. And then you get, uh, and then you get um, Hawaii Five O Batman. I'm excited for Hawaii Five O Batman. Oh God. All right, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right mike where can people find you on the internet they can find me at fortress ricker on twitter where can they find you and or the show you can find me at fortress chris on twitter and of course chrisrunt.com where all my comic stuff is in one handy dandy place including any interviews i do outside of this show uh, you can also find the show at fortresscomicnews.com that's where everything we do together is in one handy dandy place including this show the new comic releases every week uh, Bat Friends podcast and anything else we come up with is right there. Uh, remember, everybody, if you're listening to us, five star reviews on your podcatcher. Uh, if you're watching us, like, subscribe, share, comment down below. And if you want to go the extra mile to help us out, patreon.com slash fortress of comic news. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.